great to, to worship together. Welcome, friends. Glad that you're here. You glad to be here? Nice. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had a light bulb moment. I know for some of you who are entrepreneurs, you're like, yeah, it's when I come up with those awesome, cool ideas for you. Maybe it's as a mom, you think of like a new way to help your kids with homework and you're super excited about it. Maybe as a dad, you're like, i just looking for a new car and it's kind of fun to look for it. And you got an idea of what that car might be. But I'm not talking about that kind of idea. I'm talking about like the other day, we were getting ready for you know, work at school and kind of doing all kind of stuff, getting ready in the morning, and the, the bathroom seemed darker than usual, and I turned around and I saw the light bulb was out, and I was like, oh, and being short, it's a challenge to unscrew the light bulb. I got it, I got it, okay. And so I, I took it out and I did this thing. How many of you do that? Three of you. The rest of you are lying. Okay, I know when you get a light bulb that doesn't work, you're like, I got to hear that it doesn't work. And so I'm doing this, uh, and I don't hear anything. And so then I start thinking in my mind, like, well, maybe it just wasn't screwed in, you know, all the way in, and maybe it came undone. Maybe there's like a light bulb fairy that undid it. And, and so I do this again. And my wife looks at me and goes, can you not hear that? And I go, oh, no. No, I, I could totally hear it. I was just uh, just messing with you. Um, so I put it down on the counter. I went in and finished getting ready and came back out, and she was gone, and I grabbed it again. And I don't know. Could you guys hear anything? I can't hear it. You know, it's the tinging sound. You know what I'm thinking about, right? You know, you know what it is. But... Well, I can maybe kind of hear it. And then I started having the internal conversation with myself of, well, you know, I am a year older. Oh, no. What if I've reached that age when I can't hear certain frequencies? What if, like, there's a train coming and I can't hear it? I'm going to be dead. You know, just I started thinking about all these worst-case scenarios and all that stuff, and I just, I realized... You know, some, maybe I am getting older in that certain frequency. And here's what you got to know about hearing. In order to hear, you've got to be tuned into the right frequency, correct? You've got to be tuned in in order to hear it. And maybe after the message, you can come up here and, and you could do that and tell me if you can hear it or not. But uh, as we begin this year, we've been looked at a few weeks ago, kind of finding your one word uh, for 2019. I want to encourage you that if you haven't done that, just kind of keep at that a little bit. We can, you can go back and hear that message. You heard a little bit about mission and vision last week, as Brian shared. And this week, we want to start the next three weeks kind of looking at this series called Whispers. How do you tune in? to hear from God. Because I think deep within us, there's a, a deep desire to want to. There's a part of it that's a little scary, if we're just honest. I, I don't know if I want to hear from God because he may ask me to do something that I'm not comfortable doing or to change a part of my life and my habits because he just wants me to be closer to him. Or maybe there's some things he's going to ask me to sacrifice. Or maybe there's a, this challenge he's going to put before me. Maybe we actually kind of shrink back a little bit from wanting to hear. But I think deep down, we kind of we want to listen closely. We want to be people who lean into to learn how to tune in our ears and our hearts that we would listen closely to our creator, that we'd hear his whispers of truth and hear his voice and his words speaking into our life. Uh, a while back, uh, I read a couple different books that I'm going to recommend to you if this is of interest to you. 
Uh, one is Dallas Willard. I told you before, one of my favorite theologians and scholars, uh, a book called Hearing God, um, kind of developing a conversational relationship with God. And another one uh, that we kind of got the title for this series is Mark Batterson's book called Whisper. And he's got some really good insights and wisdom in here that we're going to unpack a few, a little bit of it, but don't have time in three weeks to go over all of it. So I just I recommend those as ones that if you're interested in that. But here's what we know about listening. Listening has a cost to it, doesn't it? When you tell people, hey, you got to pay attention, anything you pay for has a cost to it, right? That's the reality of it throughout life. And so listening and tuning into God has a cost to it. How many of you remember the sound checks that you went through as a kid with the earphones, remember? The headphones you put on and they would tell you, hey, raise your left hand if you hear the beep on the left side, right? Or the right hand and how many beeps you got. Anyone remember this? Okay. So we have a a tendency to want to hear, but we sometimes forget how we actually go through hearing because we don't think about it. It becomes automatic. We don't have those tests anymore. And so we just kind of go throughout life. And in a lot of ways, you got to think about how the human body hears, because I think it kind of gives us a little bit of insight and wisdom. Sound waves crash into our outer ear, kind of like the ocean waves onto a beach. How many of you have stood on the ocean before? The waves crash and you hear it, right? And in a lot of ways, sound waves crash into our ears, to our outer ear. And then one author says this, they begin to, the sound waves begin to travel through this labyrinth inside your ear. Diane Ackerman says this, likens it to a maniacal miniature golf course inside your head, complete with curly cues and branches and roundabouts and relays and feedback loops. That the outer ear functions like this funnel and then begins to go through into the inner ear. After traveling through the ear canal, hitting the eardrum, the vibrations bump into three of the smallest, tiniest bones you have in your entire body the hammer, the anvil, and the stirrup. Now, that's interesting, and you might go, so what? You've probably never seen those bones, but I have. What? Yeah. Um, Something you may not know about me, when I was a kid, and we lived in Pennsylvania, and I got a ton of ear infections as a kid. I had tubes three times, I had different things. When I, uh, finally, the doctor said to our family, hey, you should probably move to a drier climate. So Tucson, here we come. My father's family was here. That's how we got here. My dad transferred with IBM. When I got here, about a year or so later, discovered that I had lost about 70% of my hearing in my right ear. And so Dr. Falk, when I saw him in late elementary school, early middle school, wanted to do an operation to build a new eardrum for me. So that's what they did. They flayed my ear open, I was out. Um, I pinned it to my face, they went into the ear canal, scraped off some skin and built a complete new eardrum in my right ear. Uh, I did not get bionic hearing, which is what I was hoping for, but I got to hear again really well. Perfect hearing. And the sound waves that travel through your hearing, and before he knocked me out for the surgery, he pulls out this tackle box and says, you wanna see all the ear bones? I'm like, what, I'm cool, yeah. And this whole tackle box of little tiny ear bones that have taken from cadavers and said, if we need to, we'll replace these. Uh, We got them all right here. Okay, count backwards from 10. Uh, And I got to like eight and I was out. Surgery commences, everything goes well. I can hear just fine, uh, unless I don't want to hear. Sorry, babe, sometimes. Um, It's selective hearing. 
Sound waves crash into your ear. It's kind of like this funnel it goes through your ear canal, in past your eardrum, past these little tiny bones, into the cochlea, which is kind of like this snail-shaped thing that goes through there. Uh, begins to get past this idea of this amplifying the sound, that there's thousands of microscopic hair cells that amplify that sound as it's traveling through your auditory cortex, where you begin to measure out pitch and volume and tone and distance and meaning, all translated within milliseconds of the sound of my voice even right now. It's amazing how you hear. For some of you, you may feel like you never get a miracle from God. Can I just simply remind you? You get one every time you hear a bird chirp, every time you hear someone say your name, every time someone whispers to you, and every time a song is played, and you're captivated by it. It's a miracle that's happening every single moment that you hear. So don't tell me you haven't had or experienced miracles, because you do. We enjoy the miracle of hearing, and we want to be a people who learn to lean in and tune in and to listen closely to hear from God. And that may create tension when anyone says, hey, do you want to hear from God? Because let's just be real and honest. Our, our culture has experienced people throughout history who have said they've heard from God and done some pretty devious and disastrous and dangerous things. And so it, I know there's this weird tension that exists. You can't ignore it. The reality is comedian Lily Tomlin says this, why is it that when we speak to God, we're said to be praying, but when God speaks to us, we're said to have schizophrenia? Learning to hear from God is an art and a practice and it's an invitation that God gives us to say, hey, I want you to engage in this. Because God is still speaking. He is still communicating. He may be silent in moments, but his word is continually going out. That it may captivate our soul. That we may be, have our heart tuned into it to hear from him. It's what the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 55. As the rain and snow come down from heaven, do not return to it without watering the earth, making it bud and flourish. So is my word, God says. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. God is continually communicating. Think back to his very first four words. Let there be light. See, we stand in the benefit of history to be able to see the magnitude of those four simple words. The reality of God creating and starting it all. Let there be light. And it goes out. You think back to um, uh, Edwin Hubble in January 1st, 1925, gave a presentation at the Astronomical Society that proved to be a paradigm shift. See, at the time, the prevailing opinion was that the Milky Way galaxy was the sum total of our cosmos. But he pioneered an extragalactic astronomy, and he argued otherwise. His key piece of evidence was the degree of red shift observed in light coming back from distant stars that increased in proportion from the distance they were from Earth. And in one fell swoop, the size of the unknown universe increased by a factor of 100,000. And even more significant, we still see creation happening now. Let there be light. 
that scientists are even saying it's still in this creation process. Nearly a century later, the Hubble telescope has spied an estimated 200 billion galaxies. And that estimate may be too low. Think about that. God said four words. And think about the magnitude of that. If God can speak four words and create, and it's still creating and still at work, if he can do that with four words, imagine what he can do as he speaks into your life. Imagine what he can create and heal and how he can help and repair and restore as he whispers into your heart or how he can comfort or empower or transform or bring about change within you as he speaks into your life. Friends, you want to be a person who tunes in and who leans into his voice more and more. Is that challenging? Yes. Is that scary at times? Yeah. But you want that because of what he can do. One of the amazing things about the human ear is our ability to tune out and to tune in. Think about all the sounds you hear every single day. All the words that pass by you all the sound waves that are going all around you, everywhere you go, and yet you tune most of that out, and you can tune in. I'll tell you, you can do this because you've done it. How many of you played sports as you were growing up? I bet in the commotion and the noise of that field or that gym or wherever you were, I bet you heard a bunch of white noise, but I bet when your coach yelled or your dad yelled, you heard that voice. Why? Because there's a split second between the outer ear exposure of noise and it actually going into the inner ear and we actually taking notice of that, you begin to see that audiologically there is this split second. See, Jesus, when he taught, used this popular phrase that he said, six words, whoever has ears, let them hear. What did Jesus mean by that? He said it six times in the Gospels. It said eight times in Revelation. He who has ears, let him hear. Usually it's after a story or a parable that he's telling, and he wants people to wrestle with what they just heard. Not just to hear it once, but to hear it twice. See, it's in that gap of being able to hear something twice that you really begin to take it in, and it creates space and opportunity for the Holy Spirit to speak into your, into your life and into your heart. My, one of my mentors talked about it deep within your knower. Deep within your knower, that you just know that it's God saying, I don't want this word to pass you by. I don't want this phrase to pass you by. I want it to, to cling to you, kind of like static cling. I want this to stick with you because you need to hear this. You need to grasp this. You need to understand why. Because Jesus said this is how it was going to be. Remember John 14, he said, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and he will remind you of everything I've said. My peace, Jesus said, I'm going to leave with you. My peace isn't like the world, which is circumstantial. My peace is that my voice will actually be able to speak into your life and he will tell you things and he will remind you of what I've said and of who I am that you may grasp. See, hearing from God isn't just about hearing information about God, but hearing relationally from the one who we are saved through 
that we are connected and forever loved by. It's hearing relationally of God whispering into your heart and to your soul. This isn't God lecturing you as some detached and unknown test subject. This is God as our perfectly good father speaking to his beloved child. I love what Dallas says this. In our attempts to understand how God speaks to us and how he guides us, we must above all hold on to the fact that this is to be sought only as part of a certain kind of life, a life of a loving fellowship with our king, a loving fellowship with our good, good father. We must therefore make it our primary goal, not just to hear the voice of God, but to be mature people in a loving relationship with him. Only in that way will we hear him rightly. I think this is where people get really sideways when they say, well, I've heard from God. Is it couched and contained in a relationship with Jesus? Because that's how he speaks. See, it's one thing for an unknown stranger to stand in front of a group of unknown people and communicate some mundane information. You may experience that at a park someday. It's a completely different thing when a loving father bends down and whispers into their child's ear some information or instruction or some encouragement because it's connected within this deep, loving, secure relationship. One of my favorite things to do as a dad is to harness the power of a whisper. Why? Because it's life-giving. It's life-giving as we whisper into our kids. I've got an outside voice. God does too. But I think he loves to use his whisper more than anything else. Because that's where his communication of his love, even when we're out of line, he communicates through love. Hey, you're out of line here. This isn't the way for you. I've got something better. And so he pulls us back, where he spurs us forward, where he begins to speak words of healing and hope into our hearts that we need. God loves to whisper deep within our knower that we could say, man, I've heard from him. I just sense his presence. I sense his movement. Like that that song, those phrases, those words, that word, that verse, it just, it's like it's jumping off the page to me. That's God's whispers. We see it uh, often in this passage that's famously known as God whispering in 1 Kings chapter 19, I'll let you read it later, but I'll kind of give you a synopsis of it. It's Elijah who just had this incredible mountain showdown with 450 prophets of Baal, right? And they're trying to call down fire from heaven and nothing works. And he says, and he kind of taunts to them, hey, yell louder, maybe your God's on the pot and he can't hear you. He's just really kind of taunting. And then he prays simply and says, God, would you show up? Would you rain down fire from heaven and show that you really are God? And God does it. And he wipes out these 450 prophets. And then word goes back to the queen and to the king of the land. And she says, Elijah, you better run because I'm coming for you. This day tomorrow, this time tomorrow, you'll be dead. And he takes off running. 
In fact, he runs so far that he's wasted all of his energy. He curls up in the desert and he says, and he prays to God, God, I've been vigilant for you, but I don't see a way out of this and I can't believe uh, I'm even here and I just, I just want to die. And that's his prayer. And for some of you, that's an honest prayer that you've actually considered before. And that's Elijah in that moment. Elijah falls asleep, an angel visits him and says, get up and eat, and the angel had cooked breakfast for, for him pretty sweet, and then he does it again a second time and, and says, you need energy for where you're going. You're gonna go to this mountain where God's gonna speak to you, and you need, you got, it's a long journey, you gotta go. And so he takes off, he gets to this mountain. He says, God, I, I've, been, I've been seeking you. Verse 10, he says this, I've been very zealous for the Lord Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant. They've torn down your altars. They've put your prophets to death with a sword. I'm the only one left. Anyone ever said that? I'm the only one that's ever faced this circumstance. I'm the only one who ever has to wrestle with this. I'm the only one who has this situation. Or maybe you've whispered that to yourself. That's what Elijah is saying. And God's saying, no, 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 you're not the only one. Reality, check. There's a lot other that I've preserved. But I know that's how you feel. And so God says to him, verse 11, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord for I'm about to pass by. But Elijah doesn't go out. I never noticed that before. Verse 11, he's told, go out and stand on the mountain, but Elijah kind of stays back in this cave and here's what begins to transpire. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountain apart. I guess I'd stay inside too. It shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was this earthquake that shook everything, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, here's what's recorded in verse 12. After the fire came a gentle whisper. And then we see verse 13. When Elijah heard it, he pulled up his cloak over his face, and he went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. God has an outside voice, and he's used it, and sometimes he does use it. But I think this passage is helping us see, I think one of the ways, the predominant way that God loves to speak to his people is in a gentle whisper, meeting them in the moments of their crisis, meeting them in the moments of their curiosity, of their searching, of their seeking, This notion that God communicates best and most in a still whisper is not trying to be mysterious. What do you do when you whisper to someone? You lean in, don't you? What do they do? They lean in, right? Whisper to your neighbor right now. See what you just did? We do it naturally. Here's the point of a whisper. It's all about intimacy. God longs to communicate to his children in a whisper. He'll use his outside voice sometimes. But predominantly, he wants to lean in. And he wants us to lean in, to listen closely, to whisper. Some of the most intimate and powerful words you will ever speak are in a whisper. And it's the same truth with God. He longs to whisper to his kids How does God whisper best? 
Well, there's a lot of ways. There's a variety of ways. There's a lot of ways that Mark unpacks in his book that we'll look at that in week three, a touch on those. But I think it's in this gentle whisper and it's most often through the word of God and through the word Jesus. Predominantly, God will speak through his word and through the word, Jesus, to whisper into our lives. The Bible is one of the results of God speaking. It is the unique written word of God. It is inerrant in its original form, infallible in all of its forms. For the purpose of guiding us into a life-saving, life-giving relationship with him, to know him to walk in his ways, to understand how he approaches life. It's infallible in this way, precisely because he promises never to leave it and to speak through it, to use it. The Bible is in its own a special and irreplaceable role in history. It can refer, we can refer anyone to it. And if they approach it openly and honestly, intelligently and persistently, God will speak through it. He always has, he always will. He speaks peace into our soul. Why? Because the word of God is alive and active. We're told this in 2 Timothy, the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation, which is relationship with God, connecting with him through faith in Christ. All scripture is God-breathed, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. That word training is padia in Greek. It's literally like parenting that this word can parent you towards you being your best and understanding God best, understanding his passion and his dreams for your life so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Lifeway um, has done research for the last 10 years. Here's what they found about spiritual maturity. Biblical engagement is the number one spiritual discipline if you want to grow spiritually engaging with the scriptures, the number one. After 10 years of study, you want to grow spiritually? Get in the word. That's what it's saying. After 10 years, here it is. There's no secret. Read it. Be in it. Engage with it. Bible engagement affects every other discipline of those who are followers of Christ. People who engage in the Bible, they will serve more. They will give more. They will go more. They will evangelize more. Every aspect of what they do to follow after Jesus will increase as they give themselves to following after Jesus. I love this quote from Dallas. God's directive voice does not usually come to us out of the blue. He may. Can he do that? Yeah, he can. He can speak any which way he wants. But predominantly, it's not going to come out of the blue. It's going to come through his word that he has protected and preserved that we might know him, that we might help people. God speaks clearly to those who are mulling over his word consistently. That's the bottom line for tonight. God seems to speak clearly to those who are mulling over his word consistently. God will whisper into your life. To hear from God, we must abide with him. Healthy relationships prioritize spending time in togetherness, don't they? You know this to be true. To have a healthy friendship or relationship or marriage or dating relationship, you have to prioritize spending time in togetherness. And as you do that, you grow. It's the same way with God. That we need to spend time with him, prioritize that. 
Relationships being connected to him, that's salvation. I, I put my faith in Jesus. I'm connected with God now. And I'm relationally hanging out with him. That's this big theological word, sanctification. It just means he's growing me to be more and more like him. I'm beginning to reflect more and more of his desires and his needs and his dreams of what he has and how he sees the world and how to interact with the world. So here's my bottom line encouragement to you. If you have not been reading the Bible, okay, but here it is. It's a new year. I just want to strongly encourage you to read it. Now, some of you, I know that seems incredibly daunting. You're like, I just started Genesis. I can't even pronounce some of those names. Then I get to Leviticus, and I think of Levi's, and I can't think of anything of what in the world they're doing. Listen, YouVersion is a free Bible app on your phone. I want to encourage you. They have, I think, over 3,000 reading plans. You've got enough for the next 3,000 years. Okay? You're not going to live that long. So, my hunch is you can find one that maybe is meaningful to you. I am reading through the Old Testament this year. I read through Psalms and Proverbs last year, the year before I read through the New Testament. I kind of rotate. That's what I do. And I'm trying to get in that habit of just making this because I want to hear from God, which means I've got to spend time with God. I've got to listen. I've got to lean in and listen closely to him. So I want to encourage you, this summer, we're going to do a summer in the Psalms. And we're going to, for like nine to ten weeks, we're going to preach through different Psalms. And we're going to actually challenge each other to read through the Psalms this summer, June and July. So if you just want a reading plan for the next few weeks, great, find one. June and July, we got you covered, okay? So find one that works for you, and then do it. And as you read, simply open up the scriptures, open up that reading plan, and say, God, I want to hear from you. I know you're a God who loves to whisper, I want to hear from you. Are you going to hear every time you read the scripture? I don't know. I don't. But there are times when I'm reading and I'm just listening. In fact, we're going to practice this Lectio Divina kind of style of, um, of devotion and reading through the Bible on the third week where we give you space to actually practice this. That there's moments where it just I sense the Spirit in a way that's palatable, that, that I can't explain with words. And, and I, I wish and I pray and we pray that this year you would experience that 10 times over what you've experienced in the past. That you just hear the Holy Spirit whispering to you. God can speak in a lot of different ways, but predominantly he's going to speak through the word and through his word, Jesus. And so as you study about Jesus, as you read through the word, listen closely. Lean in to the whispers of God what he conveys will never contradict scripture. The scripture will always confirm his truth and his leading. So make this a year that you lean in to his, his words and to his voice to hear from him. Use your spiritual ears, your spiritual heart to get closer. So here's how I want to end today. I, I just want to pray over us that, that this year would be a year where you hear from God and that you hear the whispers that he's longing to speak into your life. And then we're going to have a space and a time for communion and we're going to worship a couple more songs. And I just invite you these next probably 15 minutes or so 
to just use this as a space to simply have a, a little tiny prayer session with God. And here's the prayer. God, I want to hear your voice more. I want to sense your spirit speaking into my life. Would you give me ears to hear? He who has ears, let him hear. So Father, that's what we pray that Jesus taught so often. Those who had ears, let them hear that. They would hear a second time. They would not just hear once, they would hear twice. Because there's something about that second hearing where your spirit can prod deep within our soul. God, for some that are gathered here, there's direction in life that they need. They're longing to hear. They want to hear what the next steps are, where you're calling them, where you're leading them. God, for some gathered here, there's this there's, there's hopelessness of the past that still haunts. And God, they need to hear your voice, Holy Spirit, to come forth into new life, into new vision. God, for some of us here, we need to hear from you just to hear from you. Our ears have been, spiritual ears have been so full of wax and things that have just built up over the years that we've just, we've missed hearing the whisper of you. I pray that your whisper would be heard again. Jesus, you left the group so often to be alone to commune with your Father. You gave us a pattern and a practice that we'll look at next week of just being silent and quiet. We live in such a noisy, noise-filled culture. Would you help us to crave silence? God, for some here, there's a whisper of hope, a whisper of help, a whisper of transformation that you want to speak into their life. I pray that you would do so. As we remember Jesus and his life, his death, his resurrection, as we continue in worship and communion, as we sing these songs, Holy Spirit, we give you full permission these next few moments to speak into our life that those of us with ears, that we would hear.